Do you have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is a Class A licensed contractor who has designed and built multi-million dollar commercial and industrial projects and single family homes up and down the East Coast. Ken also has owned his own construction company for over 30 years. And now, Ken the Contractor brings his years of experience to the radio. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another hour of Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor, and he's here weekends at this time to take your calls, questions about your home, inside or out, and answers the questions that are important to today's homeowner. You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or email your questions to KenTheContractor.com. So for absolutely every one of us, we're looking to save money when we're dealing with home improvement projects as well as just those nagging home repairs and i assure you no matter how long you've been in your home there are things that you want to do indeed things that you need to do and sometimes the time is just right to sit down and put that detailed list together i'm going to spend a few moments going through some things that every one of us should be addressing whether you're dealing with this in the fall in the winter in the spring it doesn't matter Take some time to put this entire list together and then work towards it as you go over the next six months, 10 months, 12 months, whatever your goal may be. But in all cases, be realistic because that's where we become really frustrating. The whole situation does. It becomes just so frustrating that we don't want to deal with it at all if we set unrealistic goals and if we set budgets that are not real either. First thing I want to encourage all of you to do regarding anything you have coming up over the next several months in the way of repairs or improvements is to create a list. And it doesn't have to be something that you you type out in 27 pages. Sit down with a pencil and paper or on your computer and simply write down those things that are nagging you. But one of the best ways to do it is to go room by room and walk around the exterior of your home. Create that list. And then be real about your goal. Can I accomplish these things in three months and six months? Am I better off waiting to do most of this during the winter, perhaps because I travel during the summer? Uh, the kids are out of school at that time. It doesn't matter, but make a realistic goal. Put it on paper. Don't just put it in your mind. Put it on paper. And then go a little further. Consider breaking those down. If this is something that you intend to do over, let's say, a period of nine months, maybe you want to identify certain items that during the winter months I can take care of the first five items here. That's going to be accomplished in 60 days. And then break it down a little further as you move into spring and summer, fall, and so forth. You'll find if you have smaller pieces, it's a little bit like building a new home or a new office building, that it's so much easier to accomplish. Many times we're overwhelmed when we think of it as a whole. Take it in little bitty bites. So create a list. Also create a budget, as I said, that's very realistic. If you guess at something and you miss the mark on the first one or two items you're trying to accomplish, you're going to be so discouraged you won't deal with the rest of them. And one of the ways you can help uh, put a budget together that's right or someone can help you is to talk with your local supply houses. Talk to some local contractors. If you have items such as electrical work that you need to have bids on, go ahead and take those bids because I'm going to tell you in a moment where it can come back to help you save some money as well. Spend some time in the local hardware stores, in the home improvement stores. See what products are readily available. Be real about your expectations. I know we see a lot of things on TV. I talk about a lot of things on radio. We read in magazines and circulars. 
things that may not be practical for our use, it may not be readily available, and sometimes it may be special order, which tends to drive the price up. So do some preliminary shopping where you can see products online. Uh, take heed to those things we discuss here on this show. Look at my website and other locations that can help you formulate a direction, if you will. Then I want you to consider also when you look at your budget, do all of these items have to be pristine and absolutely perfect? Because what I'm fixing to say will save some dollars. If you're buying new appliances, for example, you can buy a brand new appliance, but consider some that come from your wholesaler or retailer that's considered scratch and dent. I will tell you that for my own personal use, my wife and I have bought a number of products that may have a little scratch or a small dent on the backside of a washing machine or dryer that nobody ever sees. Brand new, full warranty, functions just fine, but you get 50 or $75 off in some cases. So consider those items. Also, you might consider display items that have been sitting in some of the retail stores for a period of time. Potential savings there. Then I want you to search for manufacturer's rebates once you put your list together. That's the reason for a list. You can start looking at saving money. A lot of manufacturers have their own rebates that are good year-round. See if you can save a few dollars by pulling down a special promotional code online. Another area that you can look to, to save money and help you with your list is considered salvaged materials. Now, I don't mean a house that's been shoved over and laying in the ditch somewhere, but look at some of these rebuilding centers, as they're called, that's in many of our neighborhoods. I will tell you as a contractor, there have been many times over the years that I take brand-new products from residential and commercial clients that may have been special ordered, cannot be returned. The client changed their mind, and uh, we simply donate it to these stores. They are brand-new and uh, they're there for a fraction of what they originally cost. So you may find things that suit your needs there as well. Then as you're shopping around, you're talking to some of these contractors to get ideas on bids, I want you to be sure as you move a little closer to getting this work done that you're taking at least three bids. And then analyze those bids line by line because you've already put your list together of what you want them to do. Be sure they're all quoting the same thing. Purchasing products and services also during slow or off-season periods for a lot of these contractors, and Jim, I know you know this, you've been through this, can save you a lot of money. Leave some money in your checkbook that otherwise would go to a contractor because when these companies are slow, they've still got to employ their personnel. They've got to pay them. So having some work in the field, perhaps in the winter months, when typically they're swamped in the summer, can be very beneficial. Now, not everything can be done in winter months, but if your project can, that's a good time to be making those purchases. Well, you know, and, and I think it's kind of like travel. If you can build some flexibility into your schedule and don't put yourself into a situation where it has to be done in the next four to six weeks, you're going to have a much better opportunity to be able to to get some bargains, aren't you, in a lot of these different areas. That's why the, this calendar, uh, it, it's kind of like looking ahead at a gardening year. Uh, you know, your spraying has to be done at certain times and different things exactly. like that. But there are other things where you have a great deal of flexibility ability to be able to do it. And if you can pick a time that's beneficial to you and also where the market's a little bit soft, it's like going someplace in the off season. You know, painting is an example that home painters are swamped during the spring and the summer into early fall. But if you're saying, look, I'd like, you know, I could deal with this in the wintertime. I, I get through with the holidays. I pack everything away. They're typically slow because they're limited on how much outdoor work they can do in most of our listing area. So they move inside and there may not be as much to keep everyone busy. So that's a small example. One other thing you have to consider after you put your list together, you're doing your shopping, you're getting your bids. When you talk to your contractors, look over those list of items that you are going to take to a contractor, maybe a specialty contractor like a plumber or electrician. But see what kind of a discount you get 
in the total bid, if you put all of those in one contract, you may have three different items you into, intend to do during the year that relates, let's say, to plumbing. You're going to replace the fixtures in the bathroom one time of the year. You're going to replace the faucet in the kitchen another time. And you've got something else going on, maybe a new hot water heater in the fall. And those are three separate prices. But go back to that plumbing contractor and say, if I can do them all right now, What's your best price for all three combined? So there are always great ways when you put this together to do maintenance to save some dollars and get it done still in a time frame you can work with. Don't you find one of the biggest assets when doing this is organization? That's why you start with this list. That's organizing your entire year, and you're right. Then it works for you throughout the year, you, your subs, your suppliers. If you've got a question for Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. Remember, friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor, and follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. And you can forward your questions to our website, KenTheContractor.com. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us this weekend here on Ken the Contractor. Along with Ken the Contractor, I'm Jim Britt. If you'd like to be part of our program, you can always reach Ken, Ken Patterson at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can email him questions at kenthecontractor.com. Uh, now, we should mention that even if you don't hear your question addressed on the air, Ken and also our mailbag editor, Aaron Yoder, do provide an answer to all the email questions that we get. And then Ken pulls some out that he Things are one of the more interesting ones that will be applicable for our entire listening audience. And uh, we're going to start with this one, Ken. I think the first one we need to do here comes to us from Carl in Sioux City, South Dakota. And for some of you, this may sound like a fairly simple question. Sometimes the answers are simple or complex. But before I read the question, I want to make comment to everybody here that no matter how simple your question is, or frankly, if you're saying everybody knows that but I don't, you'd be surprised. The question you don't ask is probably one of the things that will haunt you for a long time around your house. So if you have a question, if you have a concern, you don't know where to turn, send that in to KenTheContractor.com. That's exactly what Carl has done. He says, I built my house and moved in about four months ago. That I came home yesterday and noticed two windows had been broken by what looks like rocks. I may be wrong, however. said, regardless, now I need new windows. These are two-pane glass, so I assume he's saying they're insulated glass in vinyl frames. So I called the window company, and they said they would need to order the window sashes from the manufacturer, and that could take several weeks. Well, Carl, I can believe what you're saying, because you're saying next, it's getting pretty cold here. Do I have any other options that will be quicker and hopefully cost less? Well, Carl, the good news is, because you asked this question, I can point you in a direction that's going to save you both some time and money. Almost all window sashes, that's the frame that contains the glass, the double-pane glass that you're referring to, can be opened up and the glazing, which is the glass, can be replaced by a local glass shop. doesn't matter that it's an insulated panel. doesn't matter that you're seeing a little aluminum frame on the inside. Most full-service glass shops in and around our cities and towns have the capability and the knowledge to replace it with the same glass, with the same, if you happen to have an argon gas inside it, with the same gas, they can deal with it in the same fashion. Now, there are a few frames, I should say this, before some of you get on the phone and start calling. I don't see any way to open this frame up. There are some vinyl frames that are difficult, almost impossible to open by some people, but you may have to go to a different glass company to replace it. Almost all can be opened and a new insulated panel put in its place. So, Carl, make a few phone calls to some of your local glass suppliers and shops are typically going to be those that cater to contractors, not necessarily those that are catering 
to homeowners. So go into the contractor world, take one of those sashes out, take it down to the local shop, and say, can you take care of this for me? Think you're fine. You're going to save one, probably half the price or more of ordering new sashes, and you're going to get it done most likely in a week or so as opposed to four to six weeks on ordering a new sash. Very good. Let's go next to uh, Reading, Pennsylvania for our next email question, and this comes to us from Richard. Yeah, Richard says, I've noticed the blue light. Now, I don't think he's in Kmart, but he says, I've noticed the blue light on my thermostat stays on all the time these last five days or so. It used to come on occasionally. My house is still warm, so I don't think I have a problem with my heat pump. Does this mean the thermostat or the wiring has gone bad? And, Richard, I appreciate your next comment. He said, I listen to your show on WEEU in Reading. I know you'll have some idea of what's going on. Let me know your thoughts. Well, I always have something about every question that we look at here. And I'm glad you sent this in because that little blue light is costing you money hour by hour, not just day by day, but every hour that it's on. It is common with heat pumps to see a blue or a green or it may even be a red light, although it's not typically red, on occasionally when your auxiliary heat strip comes on. Heat pumps go into what is traditionally referred to as a defrost cycle. When that happens, you may see one of those colored lights come on. The first stage heat strip has been engaged. But it only stays on for a short period of time unless you go over and change the thermostat so that you're increasing the demand for heat drastically. Then that auxiliary heat strip comes on until you have satisfied that temperature gap. But in your case, I'm not reading into this that you're changing the temperature setting in the house. This light is just coming on and staying on. So what that tells me is that you probably have a heat pump problem, even though the house is still warm, meaning that the heat pump itself, the compressor side, is not generating the heat that it should, and you're heating your home with the first stage auxiliary heat strip. That is the most inefficient heating that you can put in that house. That's electric resistance heat. So I am going to suggest to you that you contact your HVAC contractor, and have a service person come out. But one thing you can do before that is go to the electric panel and check the breaker. See if the breaker has tripped or someone has turned it off that controls the outside unit. That is the heat pump itself. If that's still on, then you probably have an issue that requires service, and you need to call somebody to take a look at it. And I assure you, that after a month of heating with electric heat strip with the auxiliary heat unit, your service call will be a lot less money than your energy bill will. So pick up the phone, do yourself a favor if that breaker is still in the right position. Uh, we've gotten this call on this call, this question from a lot of different folks, and when when they do see that, and I guess the essence of this is the system has to work harder than it's designed for, so that means you're going to pay for it. It's not just working harder. The fan may be moving the air at the, the same efficiency, but it's the heat generation because these are electric coils. It's like putting the old-style electric heater in the room where you see the coils light up and glow red. That's what's happening inside this unit with electricity as opposed to that heat pump squeezing out a little bit of hot air from the outside no matter how cold it is. Very energy inefficient. Yeah. And uh, these are one of the one of the ways that you've got to pay particular attention uh, to make sure your system is working right. And and I know one of the things that you advise is to make sure before uh, we go from the from the cooling to the heating and then back from the heating to the cooling to have somebody come out and take a look at your system because it can really save you a tremendous amount of money if that system's operating effectively. 
I would expect that most of us, depending on where you are in the listing area, you may pay anywhere between $100 and $200 for a service call to have a technician come out, basically check the system, the head pressure and the compressor, make sure that the coils are clean, there are no real issues here and there. But those few hundred dollars that you spend, just in this case, as I'm talking about here, uh, Richard's email, those few dollars can be saved in a matter of a few days, probably in Richard's case here. So spend some money and have the systems checked out, because now that you really need it, if Richard has to make this call, and there are a lot of other people making the same call right now, you may pay a little bit of a premium to have the service person come out, and you may have to wait as well. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. You can always reach him at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And don't forget, you can email your questions to our website. That is KenTheContractor.com. And I do want to encourage you to check out our website, which I just mentioned, KenTheContractor.com, because there is a lot of very helpful information that you'll find there, including right on the front page, you'll see Ken's toolbox. That deals with some of the most often asked questions on the program from roofing, basements, windows, which we just dealt with, heating and cooling, which we just dealt with, ventilation, painting, leaks, drywall, accessible living, along with insulation, electricity, all those things. And you can also listen to past programs by just clicking on our audio podcast. And you will find in there, when you click on audio podcast, you'll find some of the different topics that you might be looking for an answer for have been addressed on a previous program. So it's all right there on the web at our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. There's a lot of helpful information there. It'll keep you up to date with the show, including some of our apps of the week on previous programs and also some of the most asked questions to Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. Don't forget, you can always friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you do have a question, you can always reach Ken at this number, 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. If you have a question for Ken, you can reach him at 800-614-2975 or email your questions to our website, KenTheContractor.com. Time now for our green building segment. Ken, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, something that a lot of folks think about but don't know where to turn to, and that is how you end up with a nice deck and yet look out that deck and see your view as opposed to all of those pickets, all those handrails you have to put up. How many times have you and others been on deck sitting in chairs? It's great when you're standing up, but you sit down, and the handrail system actually blocks your view. And today in our green building segment, we're going to talk about a rail that not only preserves your view, but one that's made of 70% recycled materials, and that, folks, makes it green. And what we're talking about is a system that's very easy to install and maintain. It's called cable rail, and it's produced by Feeney. This is a stainless steel cable system. Some of you have seen this in commercial applications or similar cable systems in commercial applications, but you rarely see it used for home decks, porches, and other areas where you need fall protection. But these stainless steel cables are extremely thin, and this particular system manufactured by Cable Rail comes with all of the hardware that you need. You'll still have to have your primary supports. Now, you can move into stainless supports. That gets a little pricey, but if you want to do that, you can. But it works great even with your typical 4x4, 6x6 heavy timber construction but it does not require you to install all of the balusters, or some refer to it as pickets, 
with no more than four-inch spacing in between, and here you've got this two-by-two member. As I said, this particular cable product is a stainless product. It's made of 70% recycled materials. It clearly has an eco footprint. And for more information on cable rail, you can go to Feeney13.com. That's F-E-E-N-E-Y-13.com. Or the easy thing to do is simply go to my website, KenTheContractor.com. You'll find more information about this, and you'll find a link for cable rail. Yeah, interesting. It's an interesting look, and and you're right. It does offer you something different that you don't normally see on a lot of decks. It's very striking to look at. It is indeed, and the lines are very thin. Now, you still see them. I don't want to lead you, anybody, with the impression that they disappear, but they're extremely thin. And if you've got a lake view, an ocean view, a mountain view, and maybe just a, a pristine valley view that you have, if it's something you'd like to preserve and you really enjoy when you're sitting on your deck or porch, this may be something for you to seriously consider. Now, it's going to set you back a few more dollars than the typical would, but, folks, once it's installed, you have no maintenance other than periodically you may have to adjust the end pieces, and they're designed for that through expansion and contraction. One or two of these may become loose. You simply tighten them up. There's no painting. There's no twisting, no warping, nothing else to maintain as you go forward. And it also has a very clean look to it. It's just a clean, stark, straight line. Works vertically, works horizontally. Uh, most people will tend to put them in horizontally because it's a little easier to install, but you can do it in a vertical fashion as well. Have a lot of options. Very good. And, again, that's Cable Rail if you're looking for more information. C-A-B-L-E-R-A-I-L. Time for us to go to the phones. Our phone number is 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. That's the number Bob dialed as he joins us right now. Hi, Bob. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Uh, I was just wondering. I have a uh, crawl space on my house that's constructed out of 8-inch cinder block up to the last layer of block which is a four-inch block, and the floor joists sit on the, or all the floor joists sit on the ledge where, where it makes that transition, and the wall sits on top of the four-inch block. And I've noticed recently that uh, a lot of flaking on the parging on the outside of the wall is happening along where the uh, four-inch block is, and I was just wondering if I should be concerned about that. How old's the house? Uh, I think it was built uh, about 30 years ago, maybe. Okay. And has this just started in the last uh, few months, or have you just really started noticing it? Can you tell? Uh, uh, well, there's a deck that runs around part of it, so you, you can't really see those. But on the parts that are exposed, uh, it's just been there after this past winter. Or just, you know, it's happening this winter more so than I've noticed before. Okay. Well, one of the things that I'd recommend, and we see this sometimes as structures age, drainage patterns change, and that may mean that you've got perhaps you have more water coming in around the foundation, you have foundation drains that are stopped up, or, or just a drainage swale that has silted in, or the, the slope of the ground has settled where water's draining back against the house. This could create some settlement. Usually any settlement that's going to occur if, if soils were not properly compacted in the first place when a house was built, you're going to see that settlement occur in the first year or so, and not a lot after that, unless there's something happening around that side or under that foundation. That's the reason I ask whether this was recent or not, because a 30-year-old home, if the soils, again, weren't properly compacted, it was going to settle in the first few years. It's not going to just suddenly, 30 years later, start unless there's some conditions that are changing around it. So I think I would look at that. Also, uh, how much soil is, when you say a crawl space, how deep is this crawl space? Is it more than two or three feet? Is it is it five or six feet? 
It's about 30 inches underneath, and it, it tapers off to about, oh, I don't know, 24 inches at the very back corner of it. Okay, well, short of seeing it that or sending me pictures, that's the first thing I'd recommend you do is look and see if anything's changed in the way of drainage patterns around it. Uh, do you notice water coming against the house these days as opposed to draining away from it? No, I haven't seen any standing. I, I was concerned, really, I've never seen that technique done before where the the four-inch block was, you know, the walls are not sitting on top of the floor joists, basically. The floor joists sit on top of the ledge, and the, four, the walls sit on top of the four-inch block, and I didn't know whether that was... Well, that was a style in the day, and a lot of things change in engineering. That doesn't necessarily mean it was wrong. Building codes change. Some of that is still used in today's construction. Uh, personally, I wouldn't be doing that, but, I mean, it is what it is at that stage. The parging on the outside, is it limited to the top course, or does it go all the way down into the 8-inch block uh, where no, it's cracking? It's limited just to the top the top course. Okay. Then it may well be just some, some normal movement within that structure as a result of winds. It's not That's not going to have the stability, obviously, that an 8-inch block does, and you may be seeing some impact on that. But the, the thing that concerns me is that you haven't seen this in a 30-year-old home until the last year or so. So something's taking place there, either at the ground level, uh, and that's, that's going to be my guess, uh, that's causing this to occur. The other thing that you could be seeing is just the aging of the parged material, which is nothing more than a mortar mix that's on the outside of the block. And it may be that water's gradually gotten in behind it from the house, from the drip ledge, if there's a, a flashing on the bottom of it, it's letting a little bit of water get behind it, and it's finally separating. That's the other possibility. So I'm not trying to alarm you that you've got a structural failure, but I try to go for the obvious things first, because more often than not, that's what we find when we look at an issue, that it relates to drainage or something on site that has changed over the life of the house. Okay. But I don't think you have anything to be concerned about in terms of your house falling down. Well, that's good. That's, that's, okay. what, I was, that's what I was concerned about. So. Okay. All right. Well, I'll check into the other things. Thank yeah. you very much. Please do. Thanks for calling. Bob, we do appreciate your call. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can always reach Ken if you have a question for him at 800-614-2975. And also, don't forget, if you're out and uh, doing a couple things this weekend and you head to, whether it's the big box store or the hardware store, look for that Made in the USA label. And it's not hard to find these days. In many cases, the retailers actually have a little American flag on the sticker that's on the display itself, the display rack. But also many manufacturers are putting that on the box or on the plastic wrap that goes around the product. And I'll tell you something, folks. It may sound a little trivial to you, but every time we spend a dollar and we spend it on American-made products, somewhere down the line we're helping to keep people employed. You know that job that we're saving may be yours have you thought about that? So do your part. Spend dollars on American-made products. Let's keep this economy rolling. We're underway with a good recovery at this point, and let's keep moving ahead. If you have a question for Ken Patterson, you can always reach Ken, Ken the Contractor, at 800-614-2975, or email him at kenthecontractor.com. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Along with Ken the Contractor, I'm Jim Britt. If you'd like to join us this or any weekend, Ken is right here answering the questions that are important to you, today's homeowner, at 800-614-2975. And we do mention quite often on the show that you can always reach Ken at that number, and you can. You can also leave us email questions, and that's what uh, Ray did. Ray's got an email question from our website and from the number 800-614-2975. Here's Ray's question. I purchased a property that has cistern, and the top of the cistern is a porch. And evidently, when they built the, toward the concrete, the rebar is too close to the surface, and so there's several sections that the 
concrete has flaked off. It's maybe an inch or two inches deep, six to 12 inches long. And there are several spots like that. And this is the porch floor of the main entrance that they use. Thanks. Well, I would tell you, this is not an uncommon problem, especially for those that live in areas where it's prone to freezing during the winter months. And we end up with moisture in the concrete, it gets in there, it freezes, it expands, and it pops the concrete out. And as Ray's saying here, especially where you have rebar, reinforcing steel or wire mesh in a slab that's fairly close to the surface, this is more apt to happen. There are several different products that are typically commercially oriented that are available for any of us to purchase. Just because I use the phrase commercially oriented on a lot of these products doesn't mean they're not available to homeowners and any consumer doing any job around the house. What that typically means, though, is that you're not going to find it at most big box stores. You may have to go to a contractor supply house, and that's a facility that caters really to professional contractors and home remodelers. But, Ray, in this case, I'm going to suggest to you that you look at a brand that I like to use a great deal, and that's QuickCrete. There are other brands in the marketplace, but QuickCrete manufactures two products that would take care of this quite rapidly and would do a very good job for you. The first one is called a Fast Set Mortar Repair, and it's actually their number, a 1241. But this is a product designed to fill smaller cavities. It sets up fairly fast. It is a structural concrete, so it's not just cosmetic. It's going to fill that hole. And you said it could be as much as two inches deep in this concrete. You want something that bonds and something that will reinforce. You're not just looking to cover it up, but you want to protect the structural integrity going forward. You don't want that steel to rust out and weaken that slab. Also, uh, QuickCrete makes a product called Concrete Resurfacer, and the reason I would mention this one to you because once you patch a hole, you're saying this is visible. This is the porch floor that you're walking on top of. You may not like the way the patch looks because it's going to have a different color than the older concrete of that cistern or porch floor does. So the Concrete Resurfacer is a product that's really it's a, it's a polymer. It's a modified uh, Portland cement. It's not just a straight cement, and it can be squeegeed on it can also be trialed on and you can apply a broom finish you see a lot of the slabs your sidewalks especially outdoor slabs around our houses have a light broom finish to help keep them from being so slippery when they're wet and the concrete resurfacer by quickcrete does a great job of creating this non-slick surface gives you a uniform color and it is user friendly it really this one is designed more than anything for the individual homeowner to be making repairs and refinishing concrete. But above all, always follow the manufacturer's instructions, especially, especially, you heard me say this several times, when it comes to the prep, because that's where the work is. If you apply a product and you don't follow the directions and do the work for the prep, it's going to come up, it's not going to bond right. But if you follow their directions, it's going to hold up real well. You're going to be happy with it, right? You know, we've gotten a couple of questions from folks who they buy a home, they buy property, and they uncover they have one of these cisterns that somebody may have used before but hasn't used before. And I think a lot of times, folks, I want to fill it up, I want to go ahead and I want to get rid of it. But I know you've mentioned in the past, don't jump the gun so many times. I know Ray's question is a little bit different, but don't jump the gun to immediately think, I don't have any use for this and I don't want to use it. Sometimes getting it in operational shape is less costly than dealing with it another way. Well, and think about how you might use it. If you're using it, for example, to collect roof runoff water for irrigation purposes or washing your car, 
you may not be as concerned with the cleanliness of it as if it's drinking water. And that was the intent of the cisterns, that people would deliver water, and in some cases you collected rainwater and you ran it through a filtration system or you chlorinated that water. And that was your drinking water in your home in many parts of this country for decades. So if you have one that is structurally sound, I would continue to keep it in play and think about recycling some of the rainwater, use it to cut down on your month-to-month cost, and especially if you're into gardening or you just have lawns to water. Now, if it's structurally defective and some are close to the house, the walls are caving in, that's a different story. I'm not suggesting that. But Ray's question deals with a surface. This is one that's not easy to get rid of because the porch sits on top of this. So it's part of that structure. And so, that was fairly common, wasn't it, at one time to build the cisterns in such a way so that they were very close to the house, obviously, so you could access the water, uh, but they were kind of stuck in difficult places to get to later. Well, it was. It would be hard to repair in some cases, but if they remain structurally sound, they serve a very good purpose. In his case, they're supporting the floor, may also share a common wall to the foundation of his house so that it's supporting part of that. But equally important, here he's got a porch floor that sits on top of it. So he's doing the right thing by asking, how do I protect this? Because if it deteriorates, then it gets into the lower section. If it is part of the foundation wall, that could be very costly to repair. So always pay attention to these things. And Ray's done that. I ask the rest of you to do the same thing from time to time. See where you need to spend a few dollars on maintenance. And the $100 you spend today or even the $500 you may have to spend is a lot less money than spending $5,000 six months because you neglected something. All right, very good. It's time for our website of the week, and can this be right? Uh, the name that you've, uh, the website you've selected, the name is slobproof.com. You read it correctly. It is www.slob, S-L-O-B, proof, P-R-O-O-F, dot com. And you can go to the website. If you didn't write that down, you'll find a link on my website to that. But people say, what in the world is slobproof.com? Well, I want to tell you, any of us that have raised kids, that have had pets, that maybe just hold a Super Bowl party where the food and beverage gets a little out of control, you might like this website. Slobproof is actually a company that produces furniture. They manufacture chairs, sofas, sectionals, ottomans, and others uh, for interior living to deal with anything we can dish out. And this is not a vinyl. It's not some of these other uh, fabrics that you may not like that's out there. But their product, their fabric for their furniture, is specifically engineered to resist all stains. They guarantee it. Now, many of you are going to your computer right now looking this up just based on what I said. But it's impervious to dirt, to grime, to all the everyday living issues that we might tend to bring in there. And whether you've got children spilling milk or Kool-Aid with red dye number two, they claim this holds up. Not only that, the furniture that they build is very high quality. It's not made out of particle board. This stuff is not stapled together. It's screwed together. It's glued together. It's corner blocked. It's sturdy for everything that I can see about it. And one thing they do is guarantee that you're not going to stain this product. So if you're interested in something for your game room, your family room, your Super Bowl party room, you know, where, whatever you're into, check out slobproof.com. Chairs, sofas, sectionals, ottomans, as you mentioned, fabric and samples, uh, design books. They've got all sorts of different products available through their website, and I, I love their line. You know, taglines and advertising and a lot of those things are what makes it slob-proof 
furniture for real life. For real life. They're thinking about how we live, especially in some of these areas where we get a lot of use during the week or maybe just on the weekend, but they're trying to help us out. That's our website of the week. It is slobproof. Dot com And that'll wrap up this hour of Ken the Contractor. Don't forget, if you have a question for Ken about your home inside or out, you can always reach him at 800-614-2975 or through the website, KenTheContractor.com. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. Every weekend at this time, Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson is here taking your calls. Don't forget, you can friend Ken on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow him on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you're looking for home improvement information at any time, go to KenTheContractor.com.